All right, everybody, Brandon Lewis here with your 10 Con Big 7 News Update. We've got news, buddy. We've got great stories of fantastic things happening all over the three grand divisions. Uh, we're talking about uh, Republicans pushing for more foreign labor to replace native workers. That's always great. You can count on Republicans not to do anything about illegal immigration in our state except perhaps make it worse. Uh, we've got uh, some controversial third grade retention laws. Uh, they're trying to take that back, although I'm not quite sure why. Lawsuits uh, against Tennessee public schools who ignore reports of sexual assault. Uh, transportation proposals that have a lot of conservatives and other people scratching their little heads. Uh, but first, please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Many of you watch us on social media. As I have informed you previously, we are turned down on Facebook, just as we have discovered uh, through recent information releases by Elon Musk that while Twitter said they did not uh, shadow ban people for their ideology, indeed they do. And we know Facebook does the exact same thing as they are presently doing to our publication, uh, which at one time had uh, more social media interaction than any other news publication across the three grand divisions. However, we know that the corporate overlords uh, wish to silence conservatives, as do many rhino Republicans. But we will not let that happen because you are going to share this everywhere in all of the conservative groups because what Facebook can't do, I know you can. Do go to the other non-communist uh, platforms such as uh, Gab, Getter, Truth, MeWe, Parlor, and Rumble. Uh, and maybe even Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, just type in Tennessee Conservative. I cannot remember what our handle is. We have so many. Before we get into the news, oh, buddy, we got stuff from the mailbag right here. Uh, first off, I got something in the mail from Tracy, and you know who you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I hope somebody gets this to you. And uh, enclosed in it, I found this great note. It says, thank you so much for the truth, and thank you for your commitment, consistency, sacrifice, and all the time and resources. You're very kind. Um, it goes without saying, uh, but at the same time, uh, I can help but state how much America needs to hear and have a reliable trustworthy source available to hear the truth spoken and be reminded that they are not crazy in their thinking. This is what so many conservatives think. Uh, and you think that you're by yourself and the whole world, including the media and everybody else, thinks that you're crazy and your lawmakers look at you like you have three heads because you want the government to be responsible and that they're acting like Democrats. Uh, they are very con confused about this. Back to the note. Um, you do that and more. May God bless and extend his favor uh, and protection to you and your family and your staff and your support system. I pray God will use this gift along with the others to build and strengthen your work uh, and magnify and multiply it. Tracy, thank you very much. Uh, I will be reaching out to you. Thank you. All right. We got another note here. Please do not send me the tumbler. We have people that donate and like, don't send me any free stuff. I already had, in this, this case, I already have one, uh, and it will help you save some money. Happy holidays. I believe this is Francesco. I left the donation in the other room, and whoo, I got a Christmas card. I love Christmas cards. <clears throat> December 1st, 2022. Brandon, may your life be blessed with love. That's the card. Uh, I hope I heard you speak at, I'm not going to mention the name just in case the person doesn't want to, house in... Brentwood a while back, and now uh, I hear you occasionally on my email. Uh, you help me uh, with the goings-on in Tennessee, and I appreciate you very much. 
Margaret. Well, thank you, Margaret, for this wonderful card and for the donation. All right, we have gotten through the mailbag. Now we're going to get straight into the stories. For those of you who think that I spend too much time uh, on the warm-up, here we go. First story. Tennessee's controversial third-grade retention law uh, had new rules go into effect this week. I'm all for holding back third graders if they're not where they need to be. And I understand that the majority of third graders in in Tennessee schools, in many schools, the vast majority, are not prepared or ready. And so I guess the thing that we think is going to be really helpful is if we just shuffle them through the system indefinitely until they come out uh, the other side after 13 years and probably about 150 or by the time they actually get out, probably $200,000 a student, unmarketable uh, and illiterate, uh, go to the first slide, Jason says. Thank you, Jason. Third grade students are at risk of being held back per this written law if they do not pass the state reading test. Students will be required to attend summer school and or tutoring the following school year to prevent being held back. So I guess they just got to be tutored. But what if the tutoring doesn't take? Is not the point to get them to where they need to get, even if it is difficult and tough for the parents to pound, you know. And then the other thing is this. It, it, it may not be the fault. Well, in many cases, it's not the fault of the parents. It's the fault of the school system, and now the parents and the kids get punished because the school system sucks, because they can't deliver on the goods promised. If you work in construction, and if you promised somebody a roof, and if you took their money and you didn't give them a roof, what would the state of Tennessee do? Put you out of business, you'd be hauled before a judge. But the public school system can take the money from the taxpayers, not produce the product that is promised, and yet jack doodly squat happens. Have you noticed this? This is a strange occurrence. Some parents and local school boards have spoken out against the law, saying retention is a local matter and should be based on more factors than one test. New rules were passed last week by a joint government operations committee that outlines an appeal process for parents. The new rule says that parents or guardians must have an appeal submitted within 14 days of receiving notice of the student's retention risk. There will be people designated by the education commissioner, and God knows we can trust Penny Schwinn because education has flourished under her watch as as scores plummeted as they failed to heed the call and still failed to heed the call of parents across the state who want the nonsense out of the schools. Nonetheless, this is the lady who all those appeal processes are in the hands of her, right? Which we know that those appeal processes fall on deaf ears in most cases. If students demonstrated growth on reading screeners or benchmark assessments, or if the student has experienced a catastrophic situation near the time of the test, the appeals will be approved. Well, here's the thing. If you go through a catastrophic situation but you still can't read, do you need to be go to go on to fourth grade where you're further behind? I don't understand the logic or the reason behind this. It seems like we tried to enact something that is actually probably pretty positive, and we're going to just go back to the standard way of doing things, which is what government tends to do when it fails, and it is failing epically in public education. During the rule hearing, some lawmakers expressed concern surrounding the law, explaining that he wants to keep decisions at a local level, but also wants something to be done to improve Tennessee's literary score. Senator Mark Pody said he is also struggling with the law. Last year, only about 36% of students met or exceeded expectations on the state reading test. Pody said, I'm not, uh, uh, it's not that I'm uh, jumping up and down with this, but I'm reluctantly going to have to support it because I don't see any other school system saying we fixed the problem or we did it. I'm sorry if the kids aren't reading, and, and this is a uh, absolutely necessary skill for life, and they will be put at a marked disadvantage if they are not literate, 
in life and in work and in education, if they have to be held back a year, it's not that big a deal. Our child repeated the first grade. Oh, oh my goodness. We homeschooled her, and then we just, we just when we put her into private school, we just did first grade again. You know what? She's just fine. She's just fine. And these kids will be just fine too, in my humble opinion. You do what's in the best interest of the student, even if it's tough. That's why they call it tough love. Next story. Tennessee GOP senators look to expand eligibility for education savings accounts. Now, I am. there's some people on here I trust pretty well, and there's some people on here I don't. And some people on here that I don't, I will start out the article with. Senator Todd Gardenhire, who has a terrible record on so many issues, has filed legislation to expand Tennessee's education savings account to bring the same opportunities now afforded to families in Shelby and Davidson counties to those who have children in other struggling schools. Senate Bill 0012, as introduced, expands the eligibility criteria for an education savings account to include students zoned to attend a school in an LEA with at least Five schools instead of at least 10 identified as being in the bottom 10% of schools in 2017 2017 as identified as a priority school in 2015, 2018, 2021 priority school cycle. Senators Lundberg and Bo Watson are prime co-sponsors of the bill. I guess it's moving in the right direction, but a lot of these kids, by the time the, the GOP gets their act together as it relates to school choice, they'll be graduated. I'm sorry, this is an emergency. I, you know, here's the thing. Let me let me let me put my two cents in here. We had a fake emergency for two years that Bill Lee and the legislature used to decimate the Tennessee economy and take away people's constitutional rights in direct conflict to their sworn oath of office in many campaign promises. A fake emergency. A lie. A very expensive, painful, psychological and spiritual lie and the liars that told it. We have an actual educational emergency, a massive failure of a bloated bureaucracy that is, in my opinion, abusing the students and the parents in Tennessee. Why can't we act with as much resolve to do something that's actually right, that is well-known, where the path forward is clear, but when it wasn't, we could act like crazy because everybody else was jumping off the bridge and our government jumped off the bridge with them. This is so plain and obvious, in my opinion, we need to move faster. Public Chapter 506 established the Education Savings Account Program, which allows eligible students in Shelby and Davidson counties to use the state and local basic education program funds toward expenses such as tutoring service, fees for early post-secondary opportunity courses, examinations, tuition fees, textbooks, and uh, other things at approved private schools. Although the program became law back in 2019, it had been entangled in court battles ever since because some people don't want these kids out of these failing schools because they value the government job factory far more than their prospects in the future. It's all about the kids. Whenever you hear that, you know it's never about the kids. Only last week, a three-judge panel ruled that the program was good to proceed without any further court intervention. I hope this happens. I may get one of these gentlemen on. If they will come on to talk about this, I would love to see it happen. Next story, which this is the slide for the previous story. My apologies. You only get to see it for a moment. And there was a lot of work that went into that slide. That looks fantastic. Next story. All right. 
Lawsuit underway against Tennessee public schools who ignore reports of sexual assault against students. Loudoun County School District is being sued for failing to act after a middle school student reported daily incidences of sexual harassment at his middle school last year. At the beginning of December last year, a male student attempted to take his life with a handgun while at home. That is very sad. He was in the 8th grade at the time, but was unsuccessful in his attempts as he could not fire the weapon due to the safety on it. In the lawsuit, his parents say that their son would not have driven, been driven to such an action had staff members at Fort Loudon Middle School taken the sexual harassment seriously and followed the County Board of Education's Title IX policies. According to the lawsuit, the principal made excuses for the perpetrators uh, to the boys, saying that they did not have good home lives. The boy later heard his tormentors laughing about being called into the office for slapping butts. That evening, John wrote a goodbye letter to his parents and went outside to try to end his life, saved only by the safety on the gun. In Chattanooga, a federal lawsuit claims a 7th grader was so badly harassed following a sexual assault in a school boiler room that she ended up having to be hospitalized due to mental breakdown. Following initial harassment by a male student, the girl complained to her uh, teacher who shared those complaints with Carmen Veller, principal of Chattanooga School for the Arts and Sciences, but the harassment continued and finally resulted in the girl being raped. Thousand and one reasons we don't need kids in these government schools. Here's thousand and two. The victim reported the incident to the teacher, writing it down because she was unable to say what had happened verbally. The teacher then immediately turned that note to the principal, Veller, who, according to the lawsuit, took no immediate action. The lawsuit says Mrs. Veller admitted that when she first learned of the incident, she thought Jane Doe was lying, and only after reviewing the surveillance tape did she believe what Jane Doe reported was possibly true. Both students have now left the school where they were assaulted. Bad stuff can happen anywhere, people. But I tell you what, you can be rest assured it's happening in the public schools that these kids are trapped in. All right, guys, now listen. we got the legislative session coming up. we got things that are going to be coming down hot and heavy and we need you to be engaged because Tennessee is the last line in the sand. There's no country to flee to for freedom. There's no state to flee to for freedom. And people like my friend Steve Abramowitz are bringing you the movers and the shakers, the newsmakers, the name takers, the booty shakers. I don't know if I can rhyme more with that, but you need to go and listen to the Mill Creek View podcast, Tennessee Mill Creek View podcast. Now, I have a redneck accent. Mill is spelled M-I-L-L. It could be M-E-A-L. It could be anything. Okay? But it's Mill, M-I-L-L, Creekview Podcast, Tennessee. Recent episodes include interviews with Lori Cordoza, more a fine lady of proclaiming justice to the nations. Chris Widener, who was actually at my house last night. Was at my house last night having dinner. Uh, uh, the Hamil- from the Hamilton County Conservatives, uh, where I will be speaking next month. Uh, there's a couple opportunities. If you want to come see me live and in person, where I will be in the month of January where Brandon Lewis crawls out of his little turtle shell and uh, goes and shows his himself occasionally and for a brief period of time, if you'd like to join me. Back to the uh, promo. Steve just launched Mill Creek View in Tennessee on Rumble. So uh, let's get ready to rumble. Mill Creek View Podcast Tennessee. Go there. So be sure to check their video interviews out anywhere you look for your podcast. Do search all your podcast platforms for Mill Creek Podcast Tennessee. Please, please, please. Thank you for your sponsorship. I think we are down to a massive one sponsor right now. Woo! We are breaking records. Steve, you're our only sponsor. Grassroots support, baby. Now listen to this one. This is a good one. 
I got a nasty letter. This is Tennessee Republican pushes for more foreign labor to replace native workers. And this is good old Representative Dale Carr, who made a few votes in the Rhino Report. If you go to rhinoreport.net, if you go to the front page of our website, you can download the Rhino Report. You will see Dale in there occasionally. I don't think he's the worst person in the world, but this is this is something that, that worries me. And when we reported on this, I got a nasty missive from the uh, whoever the publicity person is for the caucus. And good intentions may be with this bill, perhaps. But the thing is, it could easily be misused, as most of these things are. We have got a rampant illegal immigration crisis in our education system in Tennessee, in our health care system, and in our criminal justice system. And Republicans have done nothing but exacerbate it or ignore it in the last couple of years since I've been running this publication. We had uh, bills that would have stopped the funding of education at taxpayer expense in Tennessee for children who live in other countries who just come here illegally with their parents who are lawbreakers. We had an opportunity to stop that, and we had a bill to stop the transportation killed by rhinos. We had a bill that would simply require E-Verify to be mandated. All good, reasonable bills to get rid of the mandates. But instead, what we did with Shane Reeves as the leader, and with all the Republican leadership jumping on board, we gave a back door for illegal aliens to get professional licenses in Tennessee. That's what we did. That's the only bill we could get through the legislature, something to turn on another magnet instead of turning them off, and we've got this coming down the pike. Tennessee Republican pushes for more foreign labor to replace native workers. While it has been the hope of most conservatives that the Tennessee legislature would work in the next General Assembly to turn off the magnets for illegal immigration into Tennessee, it appears that one Republican lawmaker is working instead to make it easier for employers to replace lower-income earners with foreign labor. And I'm sorry, I can read... My reporters can read, and I don't need the Republican Party press secretary trying to gaslight me about things that we know to be true. Representative Dale Carr has introduced the first piece of immigration legislation for the 113th General Assembly with House Bill 004 that authorizes J-1 and H-2B visa holders to seek employment or internship in the state without verification by state or local government entity through the Systematic Alien Verification for Entitlements SAVE program. Entitlements. We don't need people to have entitlements from foreign countries, in my opinion. Or the Student uh, and Exchange Visitor Information System. If the alien can provide the applicable state or local government entity with proof satisfactory of the alien status. This sounds like easing up the regulations on illegal immigration instead of making it harder. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times you will hear Republicans say, oh, we're all for legal immigration. We're just not for illegal immigration. To me, it's a bunch of semantics, number one. Number two, these systems are so routinely abused. We've got laws on the books a mile long, and you can see on the southern border they're not being enforced. You can see in Tennessee that the Chamber of Commerce and the NFIB trot down to the legislative plaza anytime there's any opportunity to, to button this up and, and stem the crisis and protect the borders in Tennessee because large left-leaning corporations love free labor and cheap labor, and they love more clients for their services. 
There is a limit to how much immigration a country needs, legal or otherwise, and it is in the, pervert, the purview of both states and nations to set reasonable immigration policies. And it doesn't have to revolve around racism or xenophobia. It's just good policy. And right now, our education system, drive by any urban school, for the most part in the bad part of town, in any midsize or large city in Tennessee, and just pull your car up and, and watch. That's all you have to do. And you will see plainly that our education system is overran presently. And why Republicans like Dale Carr want to make it worse, I do not know. The impression that Carr's bill gives that it's the intention to help grease the wheels for businesses to import temporary foreign labor by bypassing the double checks provided by SAVE and or SEVIS, which raises concerns about national security. The Center for Public Integrity has concerns with throwing open the floodgates ever more for foreign labor leads to growing incidences of wage cheating, especially impacting lower school workers that are U.S. citizens. Mr. Carr. While Carr's bill currently does not have a sponsor in the Senate, oh, it will. Oh, it will. Rhinos flock together. The legislature during the last session shot down practically every bill that would have helped out uh, and cut off the illegal immigration magnets of the volunteer state had those bills passed. But they didn't because we've got very weak, unconservative leadership. Closed-circuit transmission. For those of you who listen, you must be the only ones that care about state government to listen to a podcast like this. Uh, it is my intention in the spring to put together a candidate training. A candidate training, and we are going to train the heck out of you on how to replace a lot of these rhinos. And I, I may or may not put together a coaching cadre similar to what I do at the Academy for Professional Painting Contractors because we don't need bench warmers. I'm tired of them. And I know Republicans that are really conservative are as well. Next story, Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson has filed legislation to close public records of death investigations if the death is ruled not to be the result of a crime. Senate Bill 009 states that, how many, how many times do you have to say the zeros in front of it? I'm going to say Senate Bill 9. I'm going to leave the zeros off. Senate Bill 9 states that the medical records, law enforcement investigative reports, 911 call records, photographs, and any other recordings related to a death, including police body cam footage, are not public records and are confidential. If the investigating law enforcement agency determines that the death was not the result of a crime, Johnson's legislation was wrought uh, has wrought opposition by open records advocates who state that the bill will further limit the public's right to have uh, critical information related to investigations. Deborah Fisher, executive director of the Tennessee Coalition for Open Government. Uh, Debbie, Deborah, closed-circuit transmission to Deborah. Uh, do email news at tennesseeconservativenews.com, news at tennesseeconservativenews.com if you'd like to discuss this. Stated that the language of the bill is quite broad and that, as written, uh, would close access to pub police files that have traditionally been open after a case has been closed. Fisher points out that those files do not only provide accountability for how law enforcement conducts investigations, but are also uh, invaluable in determining whether or not an officer used excessive force on individuals who suffered severe injuries or death when engaged by officers. If the legislation passes, Fisher states that once the police determine that no crime was committed, any information concerning the incident would be forever closed to the public. I don't really understand the purpose of this. I mean, this sounds like it could be construed and used this way. Because all the records would lawfully be confidential if the bill is passed, there would be no second checks in situations where the uh, police investigate one of their own to determine whether they are incidents, she points out. 
Public access to the records is also useful when determining whether officers followed procedure and responded to incidences properly. I am for more accountability and openness, not less. I don't know what lobby has pushed Jack Johnson to do this. It's probably some kind of government organization, would be my guess, who gets tired of having to furnish the public with information about how they spend their tax dollars because it takes them a little time and it's aggravating. That's probably what this is about, I would assume. I don't know. Debbie, reach out. News at TennesseeConservativeNews.com All right, guys. I just read you from the mailbag. Fantastic people that support our work. There's no place left to run, no place left to hide. We are Tennessee's only staunchly conservative news publication that is 100% focused on the volunteer state. People say, why don't we have more conservative news outlets? Because many conservatives are freeloaders. (laughs) It is the truth. Oh, we harumph and harumph and say that we want to uh, help conservative values, but if a dollar has to come out of our pocket, and if we have to do anything other than post on, uh, on Facebook to vent our spleen, we will do no more. That is why so often corporate-funded, uh, left-leaning uh, left leaning Republicans beat out conservatives because people don't come off their pocketbook, and that is the God's honest truth. Please do help us. Send your checks to the Tennessee Conservative, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. I appreciate it greatly. Or go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support, and when you do, drum roll, please. I don't know if you can hear that. Drum roll, please. You will get one of these proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers, a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker, which is popular with 95% of Californians that move here, and the other 5% it is very unpopular with. And to those I apologize, I mean no disrespect. We have this directory of your state and local officials, so you can call them as they try to uh, bargain away your constitutional rights for PAC dollars and let more foreign labor in, or just waste it. Just waste it. We recently did a uh, an interview, which will be airing next week, with the Beacon Center about their pork report, and boy, is it amazing of what they're doing with their tax dollars. Now, if you give, as so many have, $50 or more, you will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler that you can use during the holiday season to drink your spiced and spiked cider out of uh, your eggnog uh, and other yuletide and festive drinks out of this puppy right here, and you can annoy your liberal friends and relatives as they come over for Thanksgiving and New Year's. By having this, uh, and inside, tucked inside it, or somewhere within the box, you'll also get this proud Tennessee conservative koozie. And you know what you can do? You can put the drinks uh, that people will be drinking at your house for your liberal uh, relatives inside this koozie and hand it to them and say, you must either drink a cold drink or carry this around uh, saying something that you are not. And hopefully that will not cause a family feud. But if it does, it will be worth it. Who needs those liberal relatives anyway? Go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support and do help us out, please, or mail your checks to Tennessee Conservative, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404, here in the heart of Chattanooga's ghetto. All right. Next story. Governor's transportation proposal draws wide reactions. Governor uh, Lee's administration is proposing a patchwork of proposals designed to expedite work and raise more revenue for Tennessee transportation projects, the most notable of which would institute a toll road 
or choice lanes, choice lanes, built and maintained by the private sector through a state partnership, old private-public partnerships, like the Tennessee Titans Stadium, you know, those good old billion-dollar private partner public uh, partnerships that result in lots of money being put into millionaires and billionaires' pockets. We love those in Tennessee. It's like become like part of the Republican Party platform. Transportation Commissioner uh, Butch Ellie represented a list of options, including private-public uh, partnerships on express lanes, creation of choice lanes on existing routes, raising electric vehicle fees, Coal-powered cars, basically. Speeding up planning and bidding phases on construction projects and eliminating $34 million in unfulfilled transportation department positions by using that money to raise salaries for the staff. Republican uh, Senator Frank Nicely said Mussolini locked those public-private partnerships. They called it fascism back then. I'm adamantly opposed to toll roads. Everybody in my district uh, opposed to toll roads. I'd say that's probably about right, but since I mean, once you're elected, you don't really have to listen to the people, and that is something that we know. Nicely points out that Texas adopted toll roads, but mainly because it owed $20 billion for construction. In contrast, Tennessee, which holds no road work debt. Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally and House Speaker Kelly, I'm not even going to read the rest of this, but I bet they agree with him. I've not read this. I'm reading this as I read it to you. Let's see. Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally and House Speaker uh, generally agree with Lee's efforts to bolster the state's road system and say they anticipate a lively debate when the session starts. McNally said, we should not abandon our pay-as-you-go system of road funding, that uh, we must not increase the tax burden on our citizens. Sexton doesn't anticipate toll booths or mandatory toll roads, but believes giving motorists the option to travel on an expressway will be considered. If it comes out of Bill Lee's mouth, for the most part, other than some kind of tacit disagreement, you know, like, Bill could pass, like, there's a COVID emergency. Y'all leave your kids on the front step and let Penny Schwinn pick them up for a child wellness check. You barely hear a peep out of them. That's what I've seen. Next story. Gender surgery is only temporarily paused, says Memphis Hospital. I know that everybody, every Christian, probably thinks that they are living in the end of days. I know they do because you can read, like, Martin Luther thought he was living in the end of days. That's a long time ago. And I guess, like, I think there maybe there's some passages in the Bible. I know that there were some sects of people, uh, S-E-C-T-S, uh, of people that uh, would, I think, sacrifice children to Baal. I think they would. And so sometimes I wonder when I look at these hospitals, if the old gods haven't just moved into these beautiful glass uh, monuments, these idol factories uh, called corporate medicine, where things like this have happened, and perhaps they're not just, you know, if you can't sacrifice a child, well, you could maybe part of it. Maybe instead of a burn offering, we could just chop off some genitalia or something in, in the name of whatever. And I just, these things are just crazy. We're living in crazy times. This could have all been stopped if we just followed uh, Reagan and Bowling's lead on this, but no, we had to wait till we had egg on our face and then sent out the Republican leadership to get all the praise when they should, frankly, be getting all the criticism. But, Luckily for rhinos, we have low-information voters, of which subscribers to the Tennessee Conservative and listeners to this podcast are not one. Last week, Methodist Le Bon Healthcare, I'm sure that's how you pronounce it, in Memphis was issued an ultimatum by the Tennessee ACLU after the hospital canceled surgery for a 19-year-old transgender patient. 
ACLU Tennessee staff attorney called the hospital's decision discriminatory and threatened to report them to the federal government if they didn't reschedule the surgery before the end of December. In response to the letter from the ACLU, MLH said, quote, gender-affirming care is only temporarily pausing while such services are reviewed. MLH, Methodist, Le Bon Hill Healthcare. Now, here's another thing. If you're a Methodist out there and you're listening, you're probably in one of these Methodist churches that broke away from the Methodist church. If you're a conservative, because it's very difficult to step foot inside a mainline Methodist church these days. They have abandoned so many pieces of the scripture. I mean, it's like, I, I guess they just had to go in there and I don't know, maybe they just scribble through the parts that they don't like or don't want to read. I'm not sure. Amazing that a Christian-based organization, or at least one that originally had its origins in, in believing the Bible, could be caught up in this kind of stuff. It is just amazing. Emilich stated that its practices regarding treatment of transgender and their non-binary patients remains unchanged. Disgusting. The ACLU's knee-jerk reaction was evidently unnecessary. As Powers said that the patients are indeed being rescheduled. Representative Jason Zachary slammed ACLU after the group claimed that the initial actions taken by MLH were not in compliance with the law. Zachary spoke out against the social contagion of gender-affirming care as being part of the reason for the drastic increase of gender reassignment surgeries on minors over the past few years. He also stated that it is extremely disappointed in MLH's decision to reverse the policy. Zachary said, Our children are so impressionable when they are young we don't allow them to make decisions about what they eat, when they go to bed, what medicine they take, but now we've got this process where they can make decisions about their gender. It's completely inappropriate. It's wrong. It's something that lawmakers need to be bold enough to stand up against and say no. This is not something that we're going to allow in our state. I agree. I agree. Guys, that is the TenCon Big 7 news update. You're probably going to be seeing this a little later. I'm sorry. I, I got behind. I have a paying job. This is my non-paying job, and my paying job has to take um, has to take precedent, has to take um, place in front of my non-paying job. So occasionally, you get what you pay for <laughs> here at the Tennessee Conservative because I get to it when I can because I'm volunteering just like the rest of you conservatives are on the thin red line here in Tennessee. So what's going on this weekend? What's going on at the Lewis household? This is the segment of the show where the people that don't care about what I'm doing this weekend can log off. And those of you who uh, get satisfaction out of knowing what I'm doing uh, can hang on. Uh, I have people write me and they say, oh, you know, the part that I like is when you say what you're doing this weekend. I'm like, well, that is curious. Even more curious that I would put it in a show. But here we go. So what are we doing this weekend? It's Friday, tonight. I'm going to go to the gym because I, I, I got delayed um, Monday and Tuesday night. I got off of my regular schedule. Uh, typically, I go Monday or Tuesday night at the gym, but I didn't. So I went Wednesday. I'm going to go tonight to get caught up, and then I'm going to go home. Uh, we got our house all cleaned up because we had house guests over. That's the best thing about house guests, in my opinion, is that when they come over, there is a flurry of activity at the Lewis household where we try to uh, look as if we lived in a civilized fashion, which we do most of the time, but we are still reeling from the move. We've got a whole bunch of boxes in, so the boxes have got to go places. Um, so we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to do something that I have never done before, to my knowledge, this weekend. Uh, I have mixed feelings about it, both positive and negative. Uh, Saturday morning, I'm going to get up, do a little work around the house, do some work, work. 
and then we're going to go to church on Saturday night. I don't know if the Lord agrees with that, uh, but we're going to go to church on Saturday night. Excuse me, because we have a youth program at our church. We go to Calvary Chapel in Chattanooga, uh, and it has a fantastic youth program that we've heard nothing but good things about. And my daughter wants to go to church with one of her friends from school and some parents that we know. So we are going to go to church on Saturday night, which frees us up, frees us up all day Sunday. I can't imagine just having a whole Sunday. Uh, So we're going to do that. And on Sunday, it is Hey Hey. It is Aunt Hey Hey's birthday. And here's the funny thing I love about Aunt Hey Hey. Now, number one, Aunt Hey Hey is very conservative. She's very conservative. She sends me stuff. She knows stuff before I know it sometimes. Uh, Aunt Hey Hey is very conservative, and it is her birthday. Happy birthday, Aunt Hey Hey. And she's going to come down, and her tradition is to come down from Sevier County, Sevierville, uh, where Dale Carr is trying to apparently get more legal uh, aliens into uh, Tennessee easier into the workforce. Uh, <laughs> from the land of Dale Carr. I don't know if that's her representative or not. I think he might be. At any rate, um, we're gonna, she's going to come down, and she likes to go to Provino's, which I don't mind, Provino's. I like Provino's. Provino's is uh, over by the interstate if you drive through Chattanooga. It's a shame when you drive through Chattanooga if you're not from here because all you will really see is the bad parts of Chattanooga. You get to see the mall, which actually used to be just as clean as a pen, and it seems to be coming up, but it's now like plagued with homeless folks just wandering about, which the city and apparently the mall don't care about. It used to be like clean as a pen, pretty safe over there, not so much anymore, uh, not like it used to be. I still like going over to the mall. I still go to the mall. That's where all the, some of the, our favorite restaurants are. Uh, and you drive through, it's like you don't really see the good parts. Then you see this kind of like stretch of Brainerd, a little rundown. And then you go through my area of town here by uh, Rossville Boulevard, and it's just kind of like just ugly. But if you go keep going to 27 North, it gets beautiful. And when people say, oh, I've driven through your city, I'm like, I'm sorry. It, they're, they're better parts. You just, it just meanders through some of the worst ones. Nonetheless, but she likes to go to Provino's. But my brother-in-law hates it hates Provino's, doesn't like it. And so I cheerfully get to text my brother-in-law and say, hey, are you excited? And he replies back and he said, excited about what? I said, Provino's, baby. And so (laughs) we all get together uh, for the birthdays in the Fincher side of the family, my wife's side, and I enjoy seeing my in-laws. They are a a fun uh, group. They enjoy one another's company. They're very loud and raucous and they have good senses of humor. And so, uh, other than that, I don't know. I might have to clean out my warehouse on Sunday. I've got some work to do that has been piling up as other work piles up. Oh, Lord. Too much to do. Too much to do. Sometimes I just wish I lived in a tent. Downtown Chattanooga. All right, guys. Brandon Lewis here with the TenCon Big 7. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, and if you can... Go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. Make a donation. We need it. We're getting toward our year-end, and you will hear some year-end pushes from me. Maybe I need to start now. If you'd like to give to our year-end campaign, you can do it now. I'll be more prepared with a better pitch next time. You can't avoid them. We need them over here. We, 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 uh, we just scrape by. <laughs> Believe me. That old bank account is mighty meager, but we are punching above our weight. And we're above the target. Otherwise, they would not try to silence us like they do. Help us. Brandon Lewis with TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Thank you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. See you next week.